are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hi. Hi. Who are you? Mabel. Right. Do you know what I'm doing here? You're doing a podcast. <laughs> yes. What were you just eating? Yogurt that I just took out of the fridge. I can tell. Do you know why? <laughs> <laughs> You're pointing to your yogurt mustache, huh? <laughs> Every time I have one of you kids come do an intro with me, you're eating something. <laughs> so, can I tell you about the episode we're going to have today? Mm-hmm. We are in season four. Did you know that? I'm in season four. I did not know that. <laughs> season four. Do you know the name of this podcast? Hmm. Prickly and Blooming. Yes. It's literally up there. It's literally up there on my computer. <laughs> on the Dropbox file that we're going to put this audio in. And because a picture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We're going to talk to this gal named Kyle today. Ooh. Ooh. She has a... It's a... It's an interesting story, Mabel. It's an interesting story. I'll leave it at that for you because um, I think that's your vocabulary range. Yeah. What grade are you in? Second. Second. Yes, you're going to start second grade. Mm-hmm. 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 Very good. I really enjoy you coming and helping me. Oh, here comes Pepper. Here comes Pepper. Pepper's here for these intros a lot, too. Yeah. Do you remember how old she is? No. She's no. 12. She's always one year younger than Gray. Yes. <laughs> so Gray's old as old Pepper. So we're going to hear an interview with Kyle today. But you know what I like to remind people to do about my show before we hear the interview? Please reveal, like, and subscribe. (laughs) Yes. Bye, everyone. All right. I have Kyle with me today. Hi, Kyle. Hi. How are you doing? Um, Well, you know, I forgot to tell you this. Um, I just did a mini recording with someone. And I was like, I got to go. I'm going recording with this woman named Kyle. I love your name, Kyle. Oh, I mean, thank you. You're the first, you know, feminine energy Kyle I've ever met, and I, I really like the name for, you know, a not masculine um, person. I guess yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be gender like. Hmm. <laughs> have you met any other Kyles? Um, I have met one other female Kyle, a number of male, um, only one other female in my life. Um, I've never I love it yeah I do too and a huge part of my own personal story has everything to do with my name Kyle I love this so um it's interesting you should start with that (laughs) that's great I love it yeah because I said that to I said it to Allie I was talking to Allie everyone earlier and I was like I gotta go interview a woman named Kyle she's like "Ooh," I was like I know I've never heard of a woman named Kyle I love it so now that we've talked at length (laughs) your name Kyle what else is there to know about you like what I always call what's a little bit to know about you before we know a lot about you Yeah, that's a great question. The moniker I've given myself over the last year, Mm -hmm. because I've struggled to find one, is that I'm a creative polymath. Because really anything that allows me to tap into my creativity, that sort of is who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a professional. I have all these different things, these ways that I participate in this world. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm just a deeply creative woman, human person. Mm -hmm. So I've been an artist since I was a wee child. And it's just a a part of my entire world. There's not a day that goes by that I don't draw. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not creating in some way. Mm -hmm. I'm also a singer-songwriter. That's something that got birthed in me um, more fully in the last few years. And 
I run a business uh, that where I not only do my art and illustration and design, but I'm, a, I'm an animator, a creative director, do consulting, do all kinds of stuff. So I've had a really uh, long career in that. And a, very, and a soul seeker, you know, I'm, I'm always looking to learn more about myself and about this human experience. And the last thing I'll share is that I'm deeply committed to a gratitude of practice, sorry, I'm blah, 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 to a, I'm deeply committed to a practice of gratitude. Ah. Not not the English language mastery, obviously, <laughs> but gratitude. Um, to the extent that I've been posting gratitude every day for uh, five and a quarter years thus far. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge part of my life, and I give talks on it and all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's a little bit for now. <laughs> I love that. I, I get it. I love your gratitude. I like that you mentioned your gratitude practice. That's something maybe about five years ago that I committed to for a year. Oh. And it was so huge. And then I like let it drift and then I brought it back, I think two years ago. Mm, okay. And I do it at least on my phone. I know, I know it's better to write it out, but every night I get a prompt. So oh. I do it. So like, I, I think the consistency is more important than the media, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I do mine on, on Facebook just because that's just what I happen to start and now I have people that follow it and read it, so I don't want to remove it from there. So it's just kind of where it lives. Yep. yep. Yeah. As I mentioned before, we start our we start our episodes kind of out of context. We kind of have this just glimpse and little a vignette into a moment where you know you maybe not even in the moment. It might have been hindsight of like that was the moment that you know things changed, and that was the moment that you said like this this can't be it. This can't be my life. Something's got to change. So take us take us to your moment and then and then we'll go back and hear you know how you got there but what what is this out of context moment that you can explain to us that things changed for you it was on january 17th of 2020 it was at night it was about 11 o'clock at night and my dog named remo um in a moment of god knows what came together in that moment but he attacked me and he tore off part of my mouth. Wow. And that had me suddenly in the ER having mm-hmm. emergency surgery. Fortunately, the doctor on call was a plastic surgeon. And it derailed everything. It was at an event here in our home that we had just bought the month prior, just moved into. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time we had people here. It was the first event we had. And it was small, but it was deeply meaningful to us. And mm-hmm. the beginning of this whole new life in this whole new home. And in a moment, suddenly I had just this devastating injury and everything just stopped. Yeah. Everything just stopped. Let's go back and how you got to that moment. My husband and I just about to celebrate our fourth wedding anniversary. We've been together for Mm -hmm. nearly seven years. He had moved in with me to my previous home, which I'd had for Mm -hmm. about uh, 12 years. And it was a home that I owned and I'd had a a lot of experiences in that home. Raised my mm-hmm. son in that home. I had a lot of beautiful experiences, but I also had quite a few dark experiences. Mm-hmm. In my past, I was in a very unhealthy and dangerous relationship in that house. And so for lots of reasons, I wanted a fresh start. Yep. Uh, and my husband and I had talked when we got married, like, you know, eventually we'd like to have a house that's ours that we create together. And so mm-hmm. after much energy around manifesting that and all kinds of magic and all sorts of amazing things happening and coming into focus and support and taking a giant leap of faith 
to buy a house that was literally at the absolute ceiling of what we could afford with all sorts of plans and ideas. We had sustained a business for about a year as sound healers. We're both singer-songwriters. He's a composer. We were going to have in this house a music studio and a sound healing environment, mm-hmm, create mm-hmm. events and venues and all kinds of stuff here. Art shows, you name it. Uh, the property just was like hungry for that, and we were so excited. So we we took the leap, man, and we did. We worked our asses off to get from one residence to the other and just to change our life to that degree. And the boxes were not all put away. <laughs> you know, we, we moved in. We were so excited. We're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is going to be amazing. And the ideas were just boom, 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 boom. And the first one was, hey, so let's have a music jam. Let's, mm-hmm. like, ordain the space with some music because that's one of the things that we do. And that was at our last house. And everyone was like, I can't wait to do this at your Yay! space. So it was so exciting. And we had this event. And I think there were probably 30 people here around. Mm-hmm. It was lively and wonderful until it wasn't. and it was a a very unexpected um, obviously very unexpected thing so Mm -hmm. yeah we had a lot of dreams and expectations that I would say at this point uh, were very derailed in lots of ways starting with this moment so now that we're you know here in this moment right what happened in the moment you know yeah I mean it's interesting because I you know, the most vulnerable way I can tell the story is I was absolutely fully energized, excited. There were a lot of people here. I definitely had a couple of cocktails. I'm talking, mm-hmm. laughing. There's this one woman who a friend brought that was a new person to me, and she and I were really connecting. And we were actually standing together in the room, and all the music's happening, and there's laughter and lots of things going on. And at the time, we had three dogs. Remo was the middle child, I suppose. He'd been my husband's dog, and Remo was a Boston Terrier. He was white mm-hmm. with black spots, and he was a very high-anxiety animal and mm-hmm. uh, had had an injury where he fell off the second floor of a house and had had a spinal bruising injury that had him in a little bit of chronic pain all the time. So he was a very mm-hmm. moody dog, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. He, he was unpredictable <laughs> sometimes. And so as he was aging... Since we moved into this house, we noticed a a real change in him to the extent that he was much more easily sort of triggered and frustrated and growling and doing all these things. And so we were kind of trying to manage that. And I think the excitement of the whole night was more than he was ready for. Mm -hmm. And as I was talking to this young woman, he started growling at her. Mm -hmm. And in my way that I do... I distracted him from her and said, what's up, buddy? And I was like looking down at him and he just saw me and saw red and he jumped and he launched himself at my face and he tore away a nickel sized piece of my mouth and knocked my tooth out of alignment. And it was so shocking. I just remember I immediately knew something horrible had happened because the pain was so intense And I ran, I covered my mouth and I ran to the bedroom and she followed me. And quickly my husband was alarmed and, you know, people knew something had happened. And they came in there. I was holding my mouth and screaming and screaming. And I remember this girl, my friend Laura, who was there, who was part of this whole thing. She was holding my hand and I was just looking into her eyes, screaming, just feeling like, I feel like I felt like an animal, you know, just a wild Mm -hmm. animal, like the shock and the pain and and then my husband came in and he said, take your hand down, please. And I took my hand down. And he goes, okay, you need to go. And everybody, the party was over. Everybody was just amazing. Right. They just 
yeah. They just jettisoned, they just got me out of here and took me to the mm-hmm. emergency room. It so happened that the doctor that was on call, the surgeon, was a plastic surgeon. He met with us. The entire event, it was so traumatizing and so triggering for me, mm-hmm. which I'll probably share a little of while we're on today, but I have a, a history of a lot of very intense trauma, okay. and it just triggered all of it. I disassociated. I don't remember most of what happened that night. I have mm-hmm. vague memories. I lost a lot of time afterwards just because I, I was in such a traumatized space. Mm-hmm. And so I was basically given the option that night, we can do surgery and we can make it as good as we can, or we can let it heal and then revisit it. And he said, I'm advising surgery now. And I said, then mm-hmm. let's do surgery now. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, stitched me up and they sent me home and I looked like I'd been in a horrible, horrible accident you were in a horrible horrible accident yeah i mean a little like a car accident or something yeah. it was you know right because it like swelled i'm sure it was gigantic and black and stitches and it, i had a little black eye here and my, it was just like unbelievable I, I look at those photos and it's just like shocking that it's me mm-hmm. yeah so we came home and one of our dearest friends in the world i'll share her name it's rebecca she Mm -hmm. came and she basically moved in with us and she was Mm -hmm. here 24 hours a day seven days a week four weeks Mm -hmm. other than when she had to go home to enter her own needs she was like it's amazing and she and my husband took care of me and the immediate impact was i was so helpless Mm -hmm. i was so completely helpless i shut down emotionally we had to make a decision within a very short time to put our dog down Mm -hmm. which was devastating and Mm -hmm. so hard to make and we consulted a lot of people about it you know it was Mm -hmm. a very it was a very challenging decision so not only was I sort of recoiling you know from what had happened to me but then we we put our animal down and so I'm sitting here with stitches and you know in so much pain and singing to him uh, you are my sunshine while they euthanize Mm -hmm. him and he died in our you know right in our arms and it was just Mm -hmm. so intense Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was nothing. Right. And then there was just, what do I do? How do I how do I be with this reality? Mm-hmm. How do I how do I process what's happened? Mm-hmm. How do I not let every trauma I've ever felt my entire life come back and now just have to relive it? And mm-hmm. the answer is there was no way to do that because I did relive them all. Yep. That's just what happens when something devastating happens. Mm-hmm. It, it can, you know, just bring up all the old stuff and go, hey, see, still hurts, remember? You remember this? To go back, if I can, to the, to the gratitude yep. post, yep. I had been doing that, and I said to my husband, as much as I was able to sort of talk, mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know why this happened, and I don't know what the gold is, but I'm fucking going to find it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, and I don't know when I'll know, but I know there's something in this for me, and I'm going to find mm-hmm. out what it is. Mm-hmm. And that was true the whole time that I also went into one of the darkest depressions I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. There were weeks that I felt, just please let me go to sleep and not wake up the next day. Mm-hmm. Please let me die. This is, I can't take this on top of everything else that's happened in my life. It's too much. Yep. I can't, I can't. Yep. yep. I processed a lot of anger and a lot of feeling very afraid of the world and feeling very mm-hmm. afraid of everything really it just brought me back mm-hmm. to feeling terrified of being alive mm-hmm. 
and that what was going to hurt me next and would it eventually just all destroy me like I've just you know it's survived so much I've survived so much and Mm -hmm. and then this yep and it felt very cruel while I was like yeah I know I'm going to learn from this if I can survive it I also was just devastated yeah there was a huge ego death involved not that Mm -hmm. I was ever super vain person but my identity of myself visually how I look to myself Mm -hmm. and being a creative person the people who know me it'd be a thing that they'd share with you that I love like costumes and makeup and like dramatic stuff and like burning man man you know all the face (laughs) paint and crystals and like that's one of my creative expressions and I was one of the objects of my adornment you know and yep and now now there's this now there's this and I, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of self-love and I've always had to struggle with body image and all these things, but I always mm-hmm. quite liked my face. Yeah. And I always quite liked my mouth. Yeah. And the fact that I would never move it the same, that I would never, potentially never speak the same, potentially never sing the same. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. How long could you not speak? Oh, it wasn't that long. I could speak okay. pretty quickly, but it was just very painful and I would barely very be able to move. Different, you know, it was yeah. a very it took a long time before I could move the Enunciate or right speed. Yeah. hmm Yeah. Wow. I mean that's a basic function, like walking and talking. Yeah. Kissing, eating. Like I went through every everything, like, oh my God, I'm never gonna be able to kiss my husband in the same way. I'm never gonna be able to be sexual in the same way. I'm never gonna be able to sing the same way. Um, mm-hmm everybody's going to be looking at my mouth wondering like feeling sorry for me I don't want that you know all these things just kind of brought it all up for me to look at and face and I I had a decision I could either let it kill me or I could find a way to make friends with the the truth Mm -hmm. and with what happened and with what is and what is is that my mouth is a different and it always will be and the you know however differently it moves and however differently it occurs to me, I'm also clear at this point, this out, this far out from the injury that I'm probably going to, it's probably going to feel the way it feels from now on. And so I'm always aware of it. It's, it's, there's nerve damage. There's, you know, tingling like electrical kind of stuff going through it. It's, it's like a, just a part of me now. Uh And one of the most important things that I do in my life and I'm doing now more than ever is acknowledging myself as I am loving myself as I am accepting myself as I am and in doing so choosing the scar Mm -hmm. you know I could get revisional surgery to make it go away to make it prettier I don't really know that that's what I need to do Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that that's what I want to model for myself or other people right Right. I think I want to own it and wear it with pride and know that it's like every scar. It's just a part mm-hmm. of my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you have other scars. Many. Oh, yeah, yep. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot of injuries. I've had like a lot of surgeries, a lot of injuries. So it's mm-hmm. just this one is the first one probably that people see. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who has a scar. Um, she was hit in the face with a bottle here Ooh. around her eye and she went through the same things. Like she's you know, it's here, I can see it. And, uh, you know, she, oh, she went through that whole process of, you know, anyway, it's not her story, but uh, yeah. I'm, we all go through it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, uh, again, she 
lots of scars. You know, she's lived a life, had so many things happen to her, but like this, your face really fucks you up, everyone. <laughs> like damage to your face. Yeah. Like it really takes on a whole different, like you said, an ego death. Yeah, it's very much that way. And so I think I had to let go of, I mean, for lack of a, for lack of a, a more evolved way of saying this, like, you know, I always had the pretty face going for me. And then suddenly I've got this, you know, what felt disfiguring and -hmm. in some ways still does sometimes to me, but, and I just had to go, you know what, that's not what defines me. And that's what, not what makes me beautiful. And I, I can tell you I'm married to an angel and Mm -hmm. he is such an extraordinary human being. And he said, I was crying one day and I still had my stitches and I was just feeling so gutted and sad. And I just said, I just want you to, I just want you to still think I'm beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he said, you are arguably more beautiful now than you have ever been. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was one of the most healing things a man or a human has ever said to mm-hmm. me in the space of something so vulnerable. Yep. Um, and that helped me tremendously. Yeah. Kudos to him for leaning into that moment, knowing what how to show up. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I married someone who has had uh, no trauma. He is a he is a trauma free human being, and I am the opposite of that. And it's amazing what a good fit we are for each other, and how oh I love that how uh, capable and able and willing he is to hold space for all of me because there's a lot. I'm, I'm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so you said, and if you want to, and you, you don't have to, when you said like everything came rushing back. Had you processed any of your previous trauma before? That's a great question. Well, I've been in the process of processing um, the trauma. I did not. I was in denial, and I thought I was processing it for a long time. But okay. mm-hmm. the short story is that I really did not start to process my trauma until about 12 years ago when I okay. broke free of a very abusive partner. Things reached a point where it was my life was a concern that I might be hurt or killed and Mm -hmm. so I got out of that relationship and I thought okay this is rock bottom now Mm -hmm. what have you been doing that you keep creating these relationships these abusive Mm -hmm. relationships what are Mm -hmm. you doing that you keep calling in friendships business connections and lovers and partners that hurt you and prove to you over and over that the story is true that Mm -hmm. this is your life and this is what you deserve and Mm -hmm. so I started looking at all the trauma and this whole evolution of myself I I go by Kyle now I used to go by Melissa I was raised as Melissa Mm -hmm. Uh, Melissa endured a a great deal of of trauma and did not start to really look at it until a few years ago and I'm you know Mm -hmm. 54 years old right now Mm -hmm. and it started when I was eight I was on the way to processing it but there was a lot of it still not processed because there's many many layers so Mm -hmm. um, just to give kind of a I suppose I'll just dip into a, a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was eight years old, I lost my mom. Uh, she took her life mm-hmm. uh, in the house with my sister and I. It was on Valentine's Day. It was the thing that ignited the fire of my life just going completely off the rails um, mm-hmm. and was followed by many, many other traumas, uh, including we were kidnapped. There was some sexual abuse. Um, there was some physical abuse. There was verbal abuse. I had a very not healthy father who was a drug addict and alcoholic and abusive. And so there were just like, it just, it kind of consistently, we were consistently traumatized mm-hmm. throughout our lives. And it just created me in a, a very deep self-loathing and mm-hmm. a very deep sense mm-hmm. of this is my life. I'm cursed. Mm-hmm. God hates me. 
Yep. The universe has it out for me. And um, I deserve this. I deserve this, right? And so mm-hmm. one of the one of the the first ways I started to kind of move toward okay, I'm going to survive this is mm-hmm. dropping the name Melissa and starting to call myself Kyle, which is my middle name, okay. which my mother named me oh. after a very strong woman I'll never meet because she passed before I was born and her name was Kyle which in the south uh, a female named Kyle named Kyle yeah. yeah I love that I picked up on your name that's the first thing I brought <laughs> yeah I mean that's the whole thing so I mean I'm like in this moment I am birthing Kyle in a way that has never happened before and yep. it's been greatly informed by the trauma that started this conversation which ignited mm-hmm. the traumas of all the years of my life I mean I've mm-hmm. I, knew, I got a new word recently and it's not I don't understand I overstand <gasps> I overstand trauma um, I have had right, obviously I'm writing this if there's down. any sort of trauma a person can endure in this space in this part of the world in the female body I've endured it and so what that has me is uh, witnessing my own resilience mm-hmm. and very able to be with almost anything and very able mm-hmm. to speak to and hold space for almost anything and for myself mm-hmm. this event with Remo with my mouth mm-hmm. catapulted my processing pushed it forward at full velocity where there had been sort of fits and starts and had me really reevaluate everything. Like, do you want to live? Do you want to live? Okay, you do. Okay, cool. Then stop that shit thinking in your head that there's any other thing that's going to happen because, and you know, Jesse, there's like this thing that has carried me through my whole life that's had me and that had me move through this ultimately, and it's that I really, truly believe in my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm here to share my story. I'm meant to share my story. I'm meant to example and model what resilience and gratitude and survival looks like in the most positive light because it was like I felt like I'd experienced everything and then this shit happened, and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. How did you find one thing, you know? Like- <laughs> And I have to be very careful because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a very powerful manifester too. And I, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll say things and I'll create these situations for mm-hmm. myself. You know, I did it years ago with a concussion. I had a medium and I give people readings sometimes. And during a reading, I was giving a woman an example about signs or a man. He was asking for signs. And I said, listen, sometimes you just got to be very direct and like mm-hmm. literally ask her what you want. I said, sometimes for me, I have to ask you in university to hit me upside the head to teach me something. <gasps> 24 hours later. You're amazing. (laughs) 24 hours later, I got a concussion that derailed me for at least a solid year or two. It took me to to fully recover from it. Did I need it? Well, the good part of it is... Yeah, I mean, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The good part of it is that, like, again, in the wake of the concussion, I had to be blindfolded in, like, no stimulus for 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And during it, I started hearing things in my head. And so I picked up my phone, and I'm holding it to my face. And let me just stop and say, I've always loved to sing. Mm-hmm. My mother sang, and she had a beautiful voice. And I think I probably did, too. But when she died, it broke something in me. And then when mm-hmm. this thing happened, and this thing, and this thing, and ultimately I stopped singing. And for decades, I would get sick all the time with throat issues. My, my, my soul was desperate to sing. So when I met my husband, I, I really started singing more. And I always envied him because he can write songs and he plays. And I'm like, songwriting, songwriting. So 
I'm sitting in my living room in the blindfold and I hear what's these words and I get my phone and I'm like half talking, half whispering and I'm like, and I'm kind of just saying it and I sent it to my husband and I said, I don't know what this is, but I need to say it and to send it because it's going to get lost. And he came home and he said, Kyle, that's a fully formed song. You wrote a song. Mm-hmm. And then that triggered, like, I think we've written about 14 songs together. Wow, since then. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the point is, I'm grateful for that fucking concussion because right, it right. opened up something in me around be mindful, move slowly, and be open to you're able to do so much more than you realize. You don't have to get knocked up the head. You just have to choose it and trust it. So... It's had me be a lot more careful <laughs> with car trucks because <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. Now I feel like I've kind of circled back to that and I'm not sure where we were, but. Um, I was asking about the trauma you'd processed and you said you overstand trauma and yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I've met manifestors for sure. I'm a tiny bit of one, but that takes, that takes the cake. Yeah. No, it, it, it happens a lot. I have to be honest. And it's not something that I talk about a lot because I feel a lot of humility around it. Like people talk about mm-hmm. it. I literally, I, I'm doing it right now. I'm manifesting, uh, buying a property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just said uh, t- two months ago, I'm working with all kinds of wonderful healers and a shaman and a life coach and all these people right now. And I'm just allowing myself to have that for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like being coached to just ask for whatever it is. Stop mm-hmm. qualifying it and moving it and putting it here so it fits. And so it, it doesn't sound cocky and it doesn't sound like too much. And you're not being. Right. If it's not the, I'll just say like gray or whatever. A yellow would be fine. Like, putting, yeah. you know, putting modifications on it and everything. Totally. <laughs> yep. Totally. I just did this with a woman I, I'm working with a couple of days ago where she had me. She kept asking me questions. She goes, right. But yeah, but what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Okay, enough with all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I've, you know, I've manifested all these wonderful things that are both, you know, there's wonderful things, and then there's like, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm learning, finally, mm-hmm. at this stage in my life that, okay, you really can make stuff happen, and you really do mm-hmm. need to try that on. And so I just mm-hmm. was like, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a, a house that's a rental property. So we have passive income. So we have a way to retire. Mm-hmm. I want to do something, mm-hmm. you know. And so I had no idea how that was going to happen. We, there was no reason to mm-hmm. say it. There was no mm-hmm. There was no down payment available. There was no credit. <laughs> I mean, I have great credit, but I got laid off, which is I haven't even mm-hmm. talked about, but I got laid off. But I just said it, and it's happening. And I, don't, I won't go into the details of how, but basically yeah. people came in wanting to support it, and now it's happening. It's trippy, man. Mm-hmm. It's trippy. I'm sitting in house. I husband. I manifested. Yeah. Yeah, you get it right. Yeah. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm being pulled in my mind to go back to this thing that had me actually reach out to you initially. You know, I'm processing all that trauma now that's gotten reactivated. I'm processing the trauma of the mouth. Yep. The one thing that I had to count on through all of this was my job. I had a great job. I was a creative director for a. I'm not even going to say the company at all. I don't want to say anything about that. But a very big entity. Mm-hmm. And it was a very okay. good job. And it was a senior creative director and it had a beautifully large salary and benefit package that supported our whole family and that gave insurance to my whole family. It was our, mm-hmm. it was the ground underneath us. 
this is a creative dream. It is a creative dream. It was not a very creative job, mm-hmm. even though I was a creative director, because it, okay, okay. I, I just don't want to divulge into that story too much. But it was, yeah, it no, was, no, no, it, it was, it yeah. was working in a field that I don't has really nothing to do with who I am as a person. I, I felt very disconnected from. Oh, okay. But I was just doing a task that I was good at for them, and that they liked me to do. So I was getting my creative needs okay. met everywhere else. So everywhere else. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was like creative and job. Like whoa, you know. If it was something I really loved, it would have had a whole different impact on me. The story I had was that I absolutely needed to keep that job as long as I possibly could to support myself and my family. And right. I'm just, you know, getting back my feet under me and feeling okay. Right. Right. Cause this, the injury happened on January of 2020. I was going to, I have that right yes. now. Cause I was like, I feel like something else happened that year. Six months later, I get full-blown COVID. Oh, yeah, P.S. I didn't even talk about COVID. Oh, did you have COVID? No, 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 but just the fact that the impact. I mean, I've lost all kinds of people I know. Anyway, I'm sitting here one day. Well, and you're recovering from that injury. Then this happens. Yeah, and for me, it actually, to be honest with you, it wasn't so bad that COVID Mm -hmm. happened with regard to its impact on my not leaving the house because I wasn't going anywhere Right. And the fact that everyone was wearing masks made it not weird that I already had one. Oh, right. Okay. Uh-huh. I already had a mask because I had to cover this all the time. Right. And when COVID started, I would see someone in the grocery store and she's like, well, you know, those don't work. And you don't need it. I'm like, it, don't mind your business. It's not COVID. It was this weird period. And then it was like, cool. Now I can just not have to show anyone my mouth ever. Right. COVID was... was so then, uh, right. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> so then six months six into months it. Into COVID, again, the, uh-huh. so ever since I got so derailed from the injury, my story became more and more full of like, I need this job so badly. Thank God I have a job. People are getting left laid off yes. left and right. Devastation right. everywhere. And I'm like, thank God I've got this job. Were you working from home before? Or did you? T- I was working from home. Yeah. Were you working from home before? Yeah. COVID? Okay, you've always, like you've worked from home for a yeah, long time. I had been with them for eight years, and for the first several, I was there a few days a week, and then I just I campaigned okay. to work out. So that that didn't even change. There was no impact. You know, my immediate boss was like, I think we're in good shape. I think we're okay. We're like, you know, checking in all the time. And then I just, you know, I got a, I got a message saying, let's have a team meeting in the morning. And when I showed up to the Zoom call, there was no one there, but a recorded message saying, this is your last day. <gasps> and it was a whole lot of people. And uh, in a moment, it was over. Oh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting here at this computer, uh-huh. at this screen, and uh-huh. I texted my husband and our friend who was still with us, and I said, I just lost my job. And they came in, and it was like a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's not that I identified as a creative director working for that company because there was mm-hmm. actually a disconnect. Mm-hmm. It was that I fully, fully believed the story that without that job, I'm, I'm screwed. Nothing, There's right. nothing yeah. for yeah. me. That is another devastation. Not right now, especially not in COVID, not at my age, not with blah, 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 blah. You know, and so it just created the sense of panic in me. You know, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how, how, I have to do something, I have to do something. And so I, I actually got a really good severance package. They actually mm-hmm. gave me a very respectable severance package that allowed me to, well, technically allowed me to not have to go get a job the next week. But Kyle, the hypervigilant trauma survivor who is constantly <laughs> waiting for the next shoe to drop, decided that, oh, my God. Ah! And so I went into just full-on crazy 1,000-mile-an-hour hustle. 
and H word. Yeah. Hustle girl. And so it's like, okay, I got to redo my website. I have to redo my resume. I have to learn how to do all these new skills. I have to see what the current trends are. I have to reach out. And so the list just kept getting bigger and all the things. And I was looking for a job because mm-hmm. honestly, between you and me right now in this moment, it came down to benefits. It came down to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was freelance for a lot of my career. It's not that I don't know how to do that. It's, oh my God, how am I going to give my family, including my son, health care, health insurance, this country, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't care. It just, you got to pay for it. So based on that, I was in a really fearful place and looking for work and obviously not getting any responses when I sent my resume out. Right. Why would I? I'm, I'm coming from desperation. Right. Well, and also the amount of people looking for jobs and they were disappearing, you know, that we weren't exactly adding jobs to the economy last year. What was, I don't know, whatever the final yeah, number was. I don't was. know, but like <laughs> terrible time to be looking for work. Terrible. And so yeah. I really got clear that while I was going to continue to look, so I, I'm a big believer in like, just put as much energy out as you possibly can because all you mm, yes. cast out a hundred yep. lines because you just need a bite. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I decided that I was going to simultaneously do a lot of different things, which if you, if you mm-hmm. know me, that's kind of my MO anyway. So I started looking for work, signed up for all these things, signed, had a career coach, was doing my resume, mm-hmm. looking at like, how can I revamp my website? And also mm-hmm. decided to do something that I've dreamed about my entire life since I was three years old, which is just really be Kyle Creative, this person that I am the brand. And so what I've spent the last however many months it's been now, God, a lot, 10, doing is sort of unearthing and allowing and opening to and giving attention to my dream and my vision and myself (laughs) that I've spent my whole life giving to everybody else. And it's been really incredible and difficult. And I've worked harder in the last 10 months than I probably did in the previous you know, handful, I mean, many, you know, years. I was pulling 16 hour days for months, seven days a week, mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. was just like, I am not going to sink. I I might go down, but it's not going to be because I'm not swimming as fast as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And it was giving me something to think about too, to focus off of the injury. It just put mm-hmm. me focused on creating and you know, as creative of a person as I am, I had not really done a lot of art for years during time. And after this accident, I mean, after this injury, I didn't mm-hmm. do, I didn't pick up a pencil for months and months mm-hmm. and months. And it was painful the first time I did. I didn't know how to draw. I couldn't do it. I didn't know how anymore. And now I'm at the most prolific, the most creative, the most vibrant point I've ever been in my life. But it's, I think it's because of what happened. I think it's because he mm-hmm. took away this part of me I didn't need anymore and mm-hmm. gave me an opportunity that coupled with losing my job. Everything that I thought was real was gone. And the yep. only thing left was me. And so I decided, and I am choosing, I'm deciding, it's not, one, it's not a one time, it's every day I have to choose myself. And every day mm-hmm. I have to remember that I, I just, this morning before our podcast, I sent a letter to my clients and I raised my rate. I haven't raised mm-hmm. my rate in 10 years mm-hmm. because I don't, I haven't thought I was worth it. I didn't believe I could get, and, and now I'm just like, you have to, 
you have to put your art out there. You have to honor yourself. You have to like, I'm doing, I'm doing stuff right now that I, even eight months ago, I would have been like, no way in hell. (laughs) I'm like, I hired an assistant. What? I'm paying another human being to do things for me instead of doing everything myself. You can do that? <laughs> I mean, girl. That's a thing? It's a thing, and it's weird as hell, and I'm trying it on. Yeah. And she's great, and I'm like, what? So, you know, I'm grappling with imposter syndrome every day. I'm just like, uh-huh. okay. I'm really starting to believe that I can, I can, I can do this. And because mm-hmm. I'm believing it, great things are, are happening. Like I'm manifesting great things, you know, and what, what I love about what you're doing here and what I love about this moment is the vulnerability is powerful. Like I recently went on to one of the women's groups I'm on, on Facebook and I vulnerably shared something that I normally would never ask anybody to help me with. And not only did I get about 50 women showing up in response, I got a new client out of it who's mm-hmm. paying me my, the highest rate I've ever been paid in my life. She saw me, and she also saw my talent. I mean, that may not sound like anything to people who are used to doing that, but for me, it's like, what? You mean I can let go of people that I don't actually benefit from working with, and I can hold space for people who really value me? Mm-hmm. And what I have to offer and see me for who I am? Now I can maybe start to see me for who I am. It makes me feel more powerful, even, like, when I think about the scar, like... Yeah. I've posted videos and stuff talking about different things, and I, I said, you know, I, I'm, I've made good friends with it, and I'm, and I'm at peace with it, and because I know that it's a step in my growth, whatever it looks like to yep. somebody on the outside, because people are like, oh, it looks great, doesn't that's not so bad, oh, that's no big deal, <laughs> which pisses me off, but right, because it's, it's minimizing. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have no idea what a big deal it was. I, I could yeah. easily not be here right now. Mm-hmm. But the point is that I know, and I know the catalytic nature of, of these kinds of things that uh-huh. have happened. And I know, I know I carry experience and I carry, I carry having experienced a great deal more in my life than most people ever will. I've experienced mm-hmm. a great deal more trauma than most people will. Not the kind that's going on in different parts of the world. By no means am I deluded about that. But my my experience is relevant. And in my experience, I know that about myself. And so I think for the first time, I just feel proud of myself in a really big way. Like, oh, you know what? I'm pretty fucking badass, you know? Yeah. But I got through all this and that I still, every day, am grateful. Yep. And continue to keep going. And so, yeah, it feels really good and... I think that I wouldn't probably be at the place I'm at and I would not be honoring Kyle in the way that I'm able to right now without this having happened, without the injury and then followed by the the loss of my job. And yeah. I'm really excited to, can't remember it right now. I know I have done a couple interviews of how COVID created space for things that were long overdue for people. Um, I know it's something that come up. I can't think of the specifics right now, but it's relevant. But I'm excited to hear because now it's about the time. Now it's been about you know a year. It's like really, it's starting to come together for people. I just love that because, I mean, I'm not like a silver lining toxic positivity of like something good has got to oh, come yeah, out no. of this. <laughs> 
let's not do that. That's not what it is. <laughs> let's not do that. No. But I feel like it's more, I, uh, again, I'm like, I'm full of half quotes and like, I heard this one time and I remember half of it. But somebody said like, it was very much in the same conversation of like, I'm for me, one of the big triggers is everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. I hate that mm-hmm. saying. But somebody said, not that, but we can find meaning in things. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that a lot more. Yeah. And you don't have to. It's like you can, you know, it's not a, it's not a requirement, but there is space to some retrospective you know, meaning making. I don't know what you want to call it, but I have the same thing as you is, you know, six years ago being at like my bottom, you know, if you will, which, you know, my life could still take me further down. But at this point, what I would call my darkest hour, I'm grateful for that happening now yeah. in a yeah. way. And that's a different choice than toxic positivity. That's a different, it's a different place to live from. Agreed. For me, it's, it's really about choosing powerfully my own ability to reframe what happened. We've talked about different people that we're big fans of. There's a lot of beautiful um, luminaries out there who would, who would point to that and say, you know, it's, it's not what happens. It's how we be with what happens. And, you know, and for me, mm-hmm. what I've learned, if nothing else in my life, and certainly through this injury, is that you better hurry up and get about the business of letting all the feelings happen and accepting it, because this is what is. And the more you resist it, the more miserable you will be, and the more in the wrong direction, meaning the least helpful, the least healthy direction that you will go. So the more quickly I can acknowledge what's happening and get present to it and accept it, and it can suck and be awful and painful and devastating and also mm-hmm. medicine for me and also be a tool for great learning. And I would say my life that's been, you know, painful, that's been a loss, that's whatever word we want to use, I have gone deeper and deeper into knowing myself and what else are we here for? Um, and then to use that, you know, to help other people and to shine the light of that truth onto other people so they can see it for themselves in themselves yep yep and that's that's why i do the show i know that's why i wanted to do it with you because it's we're we're up to the same thing you know and my mother-in-law says this saying i love it it's a bomb for my soul is to hear these stories and to know these moments because all the time it's topics that are considered like kind of taboo secretive or shameful or whatever you know it's all these things like you're not supposed to talk about that you know of like you're just supposed to keep soldiering on and checking the boxes off your list and like live this prescribed life and isn't this great you know and then I'm not interested in that I'm interested in the moment things fell off that fucking track you know and and got interesting because nobody ever learned anything when things went right. Exactly. No one ever benefits from you putting on a perfect face like your life is so great when you've been through shit. And so for me, I, I feel like this responsibility. So that's why I talk about my mother's death that happened when I was eight. That was so many years ago. That's why I talk about the different abuses and the, the losses that I've had. You know, another taboo that just came up recently with someone is the loss of a child. I, I lost, I had five pregnancies. I lost a baby late in pregnancy, a little girl named Una, Mother's Day is, God, it's between my mother and her, it, it will, it does a number on me every year. And I don't go around talking about it like, please feel sad for me. I go around talking about it like, it's okay to feel this way. And I just, you know, I, one of the things that, that manifested in the wake of my losing my job is this, like this online art gallery and store and things that I have. And I just released a line of greeting cards and the greeting card I made for Mother's Day 
it's this little character I created and he's just the, the, the sweetest, most tender part of my heart, you know? And I made a Mother's Day card and I also made one for people that don't have a mom or who've lost a child. And it's just the bare bones of like, I know today is tough and I'm holding your heart because there has to be space for that. It's just as present as the other Hallmark stuff, you know? It's just as real, and it, if we don't acknowledge it and talk about it and share it, then what we're teaching other people is don't talk about it. We already know how toxic that is. We already know that it's super toxic not to talk about it. So the only way to model healthy processing of these things is to share it and give other people like, oh, wow, Agreed. you went through that, and look, you're, you're here. So for me, that's my, yeah. You, yeah, you're here. Kudos. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking did it. Look when at you. people see me, they're like, oh my God, you're so vibrant. You're so happy. You're so creative. Oh my gosh, your life must be so great. And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's only as great as I make it. And also you have no idea what's going on behind the curtain here. Like I am this way because mm-hmm. these things happened and because I choose to share them and talk about them, not to keep the pain alive, but to keep the growth and the the possibility alive. So, yeah. Well, I feel like we're coming to, I, you know, I think I'm going to check over my list. <laughs> we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we, we went back to that. Mm-hmm. But I always open it up. Is there anything else? So here, this is my agenda for the rest. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to mention? Where can people can find you? And then questions. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, there's a lot of exciting things that I'm up to. And no matter what people ever hear me talking about, I want them to know at the end of the day, I'm super, super, super grateful. Uh, I feel very content and at peace with everything that's happened in my life. While it might hurt me, I still feel at peace about it. And this new creative world that I'm creating, I'm, I'm very excited about it and I want to invite other people into it. And the, so if you want to, if you want to get to know me, if you want to find me, if you want to follow me, I'll start with Instagram because mm-hmm. that's where I place a lot of attention. It's just Kyle Creative, one word at Kyle Creative, and really working to build that audience and to to share a lot through that. And I'm also on on Facebook through Kyle Creative, um, and you can find all the myriad ways I present myself creatively on the web through my websites, which are all linked together. So you can look at uh, KyleCreativeArt.com. That'll take you to fine art and it'll take you to design and animation. It'll take you to illustration and all the, and the merchandise, the whole thing. So, and that's just like, that's an animal that's like, I'm feeding it and and changing its habitat every day. So it's just, it's organic. I birthed all of this since losing my job. So I guess we didn't really talk about that, but yeah, I launched an online art gallery for all of my, I had a hundred paintings I'd never shown the world. So I put them all there and then I started putting my art onto merchandise because people were like, I want a t-shirt, I want this. And so I have a whole store with that. And then, like I said, the line of greeting cards. Uh, And now I'm doing a lot more illustration. I'm like, I'm working, most of my work right now is as an illustrator. That's new. Very cool. Okay. So it's all, it's all this new, like a new, exciting rebirthing and and, um, fountain of creativity is what I kind of feel like right now. And that's really fun and, and awesome. So I hope to connect with some people. And um, yeah, I'm always willing to share and, and connect and talk. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm 
was at my business today and some guys came here for lunch and I ended up talking to him for an hour. Yeah. Uh, they were contractors and I was like, oh, I got a space you can look at. And anyway, and as they're leaving, I was like, I have, thanks for coming by. How <laughs> tea. Yeah, yeah, I know they did. They did. They did. <laughs> yeah, they had lunch and tea. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. thanks for your time. Anyway, <laughs> I get it. I told them, I was like, I'm just open. I like talking to people. You know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you're doing, holding space for people, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm noticing more and more like people are coming to me for, or just like it's happening in the moment, like guidance. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do this mm-hmm. uh, because of all this stuff. Because all these things I've experienced. So it's it's a gift, you know? Uh, agreed. agreed. Painful gift, but a gift. Right, right. Here we are. Ready for my questions. These are the 10 at the end. Okay. Uh, what, was your, what was your first car? A 1975 uh, Ford Mustang that was a <gasps> terrible burnt car. It wasn't the cool kind, just hold, hold. It, the model okay. was like it had this like fabric sort of top. Uh, oh, like uh-huh. a vinyl, and it was like a burnt gold, and then it was like a dirty olive green, and the floorboard was rusted out of it. Like, you could actually, like a Flintstones car, you could see, see? the ground. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a hole. Yep. It was not a sexy car. <laughs> but I was grateful to have it. I was grateful to have yes. it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you when you got your period? Oh, God. Um, I was young. I think I was 14. Mm-hmm. It was 14. Yeah. I don't know if that's young. I don't know. I got it at 14. I, I remember it vividly. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, I had a stepmother at the time. Who okay. Was not, mm-hmm. not my favorite. Um, not, not a healthy, not a healthy relationship. And she was a nurse. So everything mm-hmm. was very clinical. So got when it. I got my period, there was no emotion about anything. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, how are you feeling? It was like, oh, well, here's how you put a tampon in. Welcome to the club. And then it was just, I just felt like, there was all this emotion I was feeling and it was never mm-hmm. addressed. So it was just kind of a very strange experience for me. Yeah. It was more like, this is annoying. Here's how you fix it. Okay. Move on. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very serious topic in my household. Toilet paper over, under, or you don't care. Over. Yeah. Over. And, do you change it? Is yes. the sub question. I yep. did that this morning, just so we're clear. I did too. <laughs> my first morning pee, I'm like, okay, I can't. And I, I change it. I was at my business. There's two rolls in each bathroom. And every time I go in there, there's like one that I'm like, could I flip it? <laughs> now, having said that, I will admit to guilt that I have put it upside down. I have put it under before in haste. So I'm absolutely guilty of the thing that pisses me off. Not anymore. I don't. I take that, you know, may, I, okay, let's say this, this has not been a lifelong issue for me. This is a new issue. This is like a 30s, my 30s. I'm in my 40s now. I was like in my 30s sometime. And my husband as well, who is not particular about any fucking thing, by the way. He is the <laughs> least particular person in the world. And I remember it was during COVID. He brought the children. I was like, what is going on? He's like, I need to have a family meeting. And I was like, you've never called a f- What? He's like, come on. And he brought us all in here because it's this bathroom that's right mm-hmm. you know, behind me over here. And he was like, children, I really appreciate your we found the toilet paper and you're getting older and I appreciate your skills and da-da-da, but I'm going to need you to do it this way. <laughs> well, good for him dying. for stating his needs. Oh, I loved it. That's great. Um, What's the last book you read, or what are you currently reading? And of course, Audible counts. God, that's such a good question because I've stopped and started so many books mm-hmm. lately. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. there's one that's got my attention right now, and it's actually written by a friend of mine, and it's called Radiant oh. Rest. Oh, it's about Yoga Nidra. Her name's—I'll just plug her. Her name's Tracy Stanley. Sure, she's a phenomenal mm-hmm. human being, and she's a very powerful and, and wonderful woman who I've known for a while. It's actually 
a beautiful, beautiful book, and it mm-hmm. it's full of illustrations oh, and right. insights. And I'm I'm writing my own book right now that's similarly going to be packed with art and illustrations and all these. And so it's it's kind of feeding that that hunger, and it's beautifully written. Mm-hmm. And rest is something that I am learning, and it's all about rest. It's all about the importance of rest. So mm-hmm. yeah, love mm-hmm. it. Highly recommend. That's why I said the H word earlier about hustle. Hustle yeah. and rest really don't like to make friends. They do not. They do not. They do They're not. arch enemies. Yeah. Hypervigilance does not know what rest means and it doesn't want no. to talk about it because there ain't no time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Cilantro, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Finally chopped so only. When you, you know, walk into your local shop um, to get a coffee or a cappuccino or, you know, a latte or whatever, mm-hmm. what milk do you order? Oat. Oh, yeah. And if not oat, then almond. Yep. 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 Oat came <laughs> or coconut. in. coconut. Coconut. Yes. You know, but oat yep. is the favorite right now. Oat is the bomb. Yep. Yep, oat came blasting in a couple years ago, and it's yeah. taken topsy. Did you know that <laughs> Starbucks added Oatly this month or last month and caused a nationwide oat milk shortage? Oh, no. Oh, we can't just have a little. We gotta have a... uh, Things I know. I ask that. I own coffee shops. I own three coffee shops. And my husband, we we have a new oat milk right now because our brand of oat milk was out because Oatly was out because (laughs) supply chain. Wow. I know the answer to this based off of this. This is related to question one. I should put them closer together. Can you drive a standard transmission? Yes, ah, I had to. I knew that based off your yeah, for your first learn. car. Yeah. Yep. So your family of origin, obviously. Um, <laughs> where are you in the birth order? Like, are you first, second, third? Uh, of oh, how many? Um, I have one birth sister um, who is a year and ten months older than me. Okay. And then I have a stepsister who I lived with briefly, and then we reconnected okay. about a decade ago, and she is four years younger than me. Okay. All right. So kind of the middle, but kind of a younger of two. Yeah, yeah. Mostly raised with probably the younger of two, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, what was your kindergarten teacher's name? Oh, God. You know, it's funny. I don't know, but what I do know, this is mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, man, mm-hmm. you just brought back her. I don't mm-hmm. remember her name. But what mm-hmm. I remember is she used to wear skirts every day and these low-heeled pumps, and she crossed her legs, and she'd let the pump on the crossed top leg hang off her foot. And the whole time she was talking, she'd be, like, doing her foot like this, and that. I'd be so mesmerized by her shoe, I don't even know what the heck she said. And, and clearly her name is lost on me, because what I remember is her shoe. It's this shoe! That's it. That's the visual. That And, and the love, fact that we had these huge wooden it. suckers and we played this game. Mm-hmm. There's a song like uh, Red Stand Up, Green Stand Up. And it's like all about colors. And so you'd stand okay. up or sit down. And that's what that's that's my memory of her and her class. Oh, my gosh. I love asking this question because <laughs> those – I can't tell you how many people have had that moment of you have. They're like, I don't, but I have this really random – specific memory or, <laughs> or they're like mrs mrs brown you know wow. you know they're like it's like right there and then as i've been asking about you know the the kindergarten teacher for a year now or whatever about three weeks ago i was taking an order at my business and somebody had my kindergarten teacher's last name i was like <gasps> wow yeah because i it's a very it's to me oh okay not to me yeah, yeah. no it's not common at all and i was like to me that's very fun who are you Yes. Oh, and we know the answer to this one too. I was going to say, what's your middle name? But we know it's Kyle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. It was Melissa Kyle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, follow and find Kyle you know, on her Instagram, on her website, and all of that. And I am at LaJoy Society, which is L-A-J-O-I-E Society on the Instagram. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Facebook is Dying a Lonely Death can't keep up with all the things and um have you rated the show everyone pull out your phone you're listening on your phone or some, what other device right now so you can just go ahead and pull up the show if you scroll down it says like reviews write a review that'd be great or just do the stars that's fine too i mean the best is to write something that's how i can get um into the algorithm if you will do you get into it do you get with it do you i, I don't know you know <laughs> whatever you do with an algorithm <laughs> engage with it do you Peak its interest is that way because I've said it before is like I can build an Instagram but it's hard like that's not in the listening you know like you're not in the actual app for listening so engaging in the app for listening is just as important as following me on Instagram everyone <laughs> yeah and making comments on, on my Instagram is just I'm learning all this stuff dude see? it's like there's so mm-hmm. much to it there's so much to there it there is there is Ooh. I know so when you rate the show a gnome gets its hat I've decided it's like an angel gets its wing <laughs> 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 like they're, they're, I've decided there's gremlins running around and when you write the show it, it becomes a gnome it gets its hat and then it becomes a gnome no. so every time we write the show a gnome gets its hat and um, oh my gosh that's so funny to say with me because there's a gnome in our front yard we have like a gnome thing he's a meditating he's a meditating gnome Oh, so I would love great. it. I love gnomes. And I've said this before. Somebody put one on my porch one time and I still don't know who it is and I love them for it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for your time, Kyle. And uh, everyone else, we'll meet here again next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense have felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit perfectly to tell a story that was meant to be. Choices made, cards left on tables and cards played And no one knows, how will it go? Questions burning in the mind Answers may not be there to find And no one knows, how should it be? So paint
Just waiting to see